Okay, this is our music podcast. I'm Olivia. I'm Josh. I'm Jay. We have a special guest today. Kendra's Super. moving. What? Said so Kendra's moving today. Oh, she is. Okay. Yeah. So she's not going to be here. So we have Jay filling in. Um, Jay moved to Fort Wayne a few years ago. He's been a musician for what most of your life? Yeah, I mean, I started playing the piano when I was like five. So yeah. And does that count? Yeah. <laughs> no. And um, yeah. You have tons of stuff online that people can get. Where do you have it? Bandcamp or? Um, no, I don't actually anymore. The only oh. thing that I'm aware of is there's something on SoundCloud, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I let all that stuff lapse. Okay. <laughs> it was all on MySpace and then it got closed. But down. you can, Jay's also a podcaster and he has his anger management podcast yeah. with Jay Weber out and you should listen to it cause it's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, there's it's tons one of my all time favorites. So. Yeah, every single one's good. You can start anywhere in it. Oh, I don't know if that's true or not. I was drunk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you can. It's better if you start at the beginning because you can hear like progressions of things that happen. But yeah, and we if went, not, you can just listen we went to through weird phases where like we had there used to be three of us doing it, and then it went down to two, and then yeah, but would, definitely good listen. We would bring guests on and stuff. No one anyone ever heard of, just like we would bring guests on to friends. friends that we thought were funny, and we would sit in a bar and talk into the internet, basically. <laughs> Another cool thing about this episode, it's our first listener suggestion by Josh F. from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Oh, nice. Yeah, because I didn't- My twin. I didn't know- <laughs> Oh, Josh F. Yeah. So I didn't know about the story before. I didn't really know about this band. When I first read the name, I for a minute thought that it was, do you guys remember the band that had, they're called Primitive Radio Gods, that had the song on the Cable Guy soundtrack? It was the, like standing no. in a phone booth with money in my pocket or um, something like that. I, no, I don't think so. You've heard the song. I'll sing, I it, probably, for you. I'll well, sing it for you after. <laughs> here's the thing. I've definitely heard the song because I've seen the cable guy more than once. Yeah. So if it's on that soundtrack, I've absolutely heard the song. That was a really good soundtrack and a great movie too, in my opinion. Yeah, so when you first told me the name of the band we were going to do today, and I thought you said Manic Street Creatures. Yeah. And I was like so pumped. I was like, this is going to be awesome. And then, I was, and then you told me, you're like, no, Preachers. And I'm like, Creatures? Like preachers. I'm like, oh, that's still kind of cool, I guess. Yeah. So if you don't have a band name, you could always steal that. I noticed that I like their name throws me for a loop reading it Mm -hmm. because I think I initially my first instinct is to read it wrong because I make it like it's their preachers on Manic Street. But my guess is what they actually mean is their street preachers who are Manic. Comma, street preachers. (laughs) Yes. But like I, yeah, lack of punctuation. Fucking you invented the language. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, am I allowed to curse? Because I don't know that I can help it. (laughs) 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 You need a bleep button for me because I curse like a sail driver. (laughs) That's worse than a sailor or a truck driver. (laughs) <laughs> it's like they made it and had a weird baby, like Station from Bill and Ted's Excellent. For, no, Bogus Journey. My bad. So Richard James Edwards was born on December 22nd, 1967 in Blackwood, Wales. His parents, Graham and Sherry, were both hairdressers and eventually opened their own salon. The couple's second child, Rachel, was born in 1969. 
and the kids spent a lot of time with Graham's mother growing up, and she and Richie were especially close. Richie had the ideal childhood, two supportive parents, a neighborhood full of friends. Um, he was an exceptional student, and they, you know, they took the regular summer vacations, and he even went to the U.S. when he was younger to visit an uncle. So just kind of, you know, like the typical like movie growing up. Yeah. Uh, Richie was an avid reader and a fan of music early on. He had, you know, the typical cool older cousin that played guitar in a band and introduced him to bands like The Police, Blondie, and The Skids. As his taste in music developed, he started listening to The Smiths, Echo and the Bunnyman, Joy Division, Nick Cave. Richie enjoyed talking about politics and questioning or debating religion. He loved writing short stories and even considered pursuing a writing career. As a teen, he was really self-conscious about his bad skin to the point where he wouldn't even take his shirt off around other people. He had a reclusive aunt that was always really that he was always really fascinated by. And he loved stories about people that purposely faded from the limelight after fame. He was also intrigued by stories of fake disappearances, um, like Jim Morrison. While at Cross Keys University, he preferred staying in his room and reading and writing to partying, drinking, and doing drugs. He wrote long letters to friends and made collages. He excelled in his writing and political history classes. While at university, he reconnected with childhood acquaintances James Dean Bradfield, Sean Moore, those two are actually cousins, and um, Nick Jones, known as Nicky Wire due to his long, lean stature. He's actually 6'3", also. Josh is 6'3". Yeah, the three were in a band they'd formed back in 1986, and Richie had been a fan. He started driving them to shows, and eventually his role grew from driver, roadie, to promoter, manager, and he started writing lyrics and had an overall vision for the band to kind of help him make it big. He decided to join as guitarist as well, but hated practicing and couldn't really play very well. Sometimes he wasn't even plugged in during shows, or they said, they, you know, they said Barrett at him. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> he also made collages to use as promotion posters for the band. While at university, he started cutting and showed signs of anorexia. Nothing concerning at that point. And I think when you think about... That's concerning. It is, but I feel like... Don't you feel like you knew people that did that in the, the 90s? At school, yeah, kind of. And mean, sometimes they weren't like you weren't concerned about their well being. You were like, "Oh, that's kind of weird that you do that." But there, well, there were some people that I always felt like they just did it because they wanted people to look at them or whatever. Maybe. And then other people have problems. Yeah, so. a lot of people, you know, kind of did it as a way to deal with anxiety or stress or other emotions they didn't really want to or couldn't cope with at the time. After graduation, he started relentlessly writing letters to magazines, labels, promoters, and caught the attention of Kevin Pierce, who's a music journalist from England. He was actually more impressed with Richie's letter than he was with the band's single, Suicide Alley. They'd record, <laughs> <laughs> they'd recorded a, an nice. EP for um, you know with the help of label Damaged Goods in 1990. This helped the band secure gigs in London and their first legit manager, Philip Hall, who had previously worked with the Pogues and Stone Roses. They were signed by Heavenly Records and started working on their first album. 
the band ended up actually moving in with their manager, Philip Hall, and his wife, so they could be in London. It was just easier for you know shows and eventually recording. The Halls even remortgaged their house at one point to help the band make it. Wow. It's pretty big. Yeah. They... Okay, so the band had this <laughs> this idea that they were going to put out one double album and you know sell millions of copies, conquer the U.S. and make it big, and then they were going to you know disappear completely. British invasion, right? <laughs> yeah, and like yeah. the whole like the whole plan included like changing the face of music. Like they had you know they weren't really wrong, big goals. But they were talking about Oasis, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, they had the right idea. Yeah. It sounds like their version of Use Your Delusion. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. like, what could have been the best band ever, but wasn't because they didn't release a single normal album except for Appetite for Destruction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, they're still, they're still playing like stadiums, so they did something yeah. right. They spoke publicly about this in interviews, and they really believed that it was going to happen. They did kind of have like a unique look and sound about them. It was kind of like a, a punk revival and it was before that kind of happened again in the U S. So it was kind of ill-timed, but it could have been, it could have been, you know, what they expected. It just didn't seem to turn out that way, but yeah, they had this whole like glam punk look about them too. And they would make a lot of their clothes for shows. They'd like spray paint t-shirts and, and stuff like that. And they had like interesting hair. So they were like if Johnny Rotten and David Bowie had a baby. Yeah, I could see that. Sure. <laughs> okay. I'm just trying to get a mental picture. What about Robert Smith? You got to put his hair in That's there. That's true. He had like the 80s. Yeah. Like just hair. Yeah. <laughs> we'll call it, that. He, he had it hair, inspired a lot. He had hair that kind of like, I always think of it as like, how do you make it look like it's raining on you all the time? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Just cut your hair like Robert Smith. <laughs> yeah. During a 1991 interview for NME, Richie carved for real into his arm with a razor blade after the interviewing journalist Steve Lamack questioned the authenticity of the band. The band started to realize that their current label couldn't take them as far as they wanted to go and ended up signing with CBS, Sony in 1991. And they were signed by A&R man Rob Stringer, who, after being promoted, started working for Epic Records and then took the band with him. The label agreed to let them release their debut double album, which I don't know how rare that is for like a band starting out, but it doesn't seem like you uh, yeah, see that very often. I don't know that I can think of any band that did it as a debut. That did a double album as their debut album. Yeah. Like, not no. like a real band. At yeah, least, yeah. You know yeah. What I mean, no. <laughs> that's <laughs> none kind that I can think of. That's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of unheard of, I think. Only James Dean Bradfield and drummer Sean Moore played on the album. Nikki Wire yeah. and Richie didn't play. Well, I mean, back in the 90s, they would have had to have released a double CD, which costs like twice as Now it's like you can put out a 100 album I know. or 100 song, whatever. You can do whatever you want. It's all digital. But back then, if you were pressing records or CDs, it was like, well, now we have to put twice as much into the, yeah. for a new band, they would just never do it's that. It's also super common for producers to go behind bands' backs and like get another bass player because 
the best oh. bass player is a guitar oh, yeah. player who doesn't yeah. find a job, and then they go, they go, yeah, okay, you do whatever, and then they leave, and they go, all right, get the real guy in here to play yeah. the actual bass line. Like, this is true. Yeah, I don't think that Richie really cared about playing guitar. It didn't seem like no, it was very was important a to him. Really, he was, and kind of like the spirit of the band in a lot of ways. He he probably would have been happy writing lyrics and just being a mascot. I think he yeah. wanted to be on stage with them, but I don't think he wanted to actually learn how to play guitar. Like that, like very well. Like that guy. Remember the, um, the Mighty Mighty Boston's used mm-hmm. to just have a dude that they yeah. sort of considered a member of the band, but he just danced on oh. stage yeah. with them. <laughs> like he didn't play anything. But I believe they considered him a member of the band. I could be wrong about that. Yeah. Does he get paid the same as everyone? That's the question. I hope That's not. I know. <laughs> like, no offense, but you didn't contribute you shit. Do it. Yeah. They could have just let they could have just let a fan do that and they would have made the fans day. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? Right. And then, every show had a designated fan. Yeah. The Flaming Lips sort of used to do that. They used to let people come in, like show up early with animal costumes on. Cause I don't know if you've ever seen the flaming lips, but I haven't. Everybody is in a costume of some sort, usually some kind of animal, except for Wayne Coyne, who wears like a leisure suit for some reason. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know why he's the only one that's not dressed like an, a- like an animal, but they used to, I doubt they do it anymore because they're much bigger and playing festivals and stuff. Yeah. But they used to let fans come up on stage dressed if they were dressed in costumes and like dance around for oh, some cool. of the show. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. The album title Generation Terrorist was released in February of 1992 and did not meet the band's expectations. It hit number one on the UK rock chart, <laughs> but only sold 250,000 copies initially. That is a lot of copies. I mean, that's that's. It good. is. It did. You know, they yeah. were popular. Yeah, but their expectations were not as were popular as they insane. wanted to be. <laughs> yeah, and you know, maybe think that, but don't tell journalists and other people. So then you're not. Yeah, because it could make you look like an, an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Nirvana's Nevermind came out four months prior and actually achieved everything that the Manics wanted to achieve. Yeah. With that first album. Yeah. Well. I mean, because it was better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, a lot better. Like, I listened to some of the Manic Street Preachers mm-hmm. yesterday, and not bad. Yeah. They yeah. actually, weirdly, the I, the Holy Bible was the album I listened to. Okay. And uh, the first song reminded me of, like, a heavier version of this Japanese band called The Pillows, mm-hmm. which would have been around at the same time, I think. Cause okay. I, but I think that the ja- that the pillows are like huge in Japan, like Eric uh, David Hasselhoff in Germany. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to give it some perspective. Yeah, <laughs> and I actually like the pillows. They're really interesting. I wish I understood any of the lyrics because yeah. most of it's in Japanese, but they throw some English words in because Japanese for some reason always does that. I don't know why. Anything that they think might be pop culture, they'll throw like "yay" and "go." Yeah, and, like, weird English words for no reason. But Nirvana was better. That's like objectively. Yeah. I don't yeah, yeah. think I it's mean, even an opinion. Most fans are going to compare to Nirvana. <laughs> exactly. Like Nirvana's going right. to win. Like, yeah. They're the greatest band in the 90s. They yeah. just were. <laughs> yeah. Richie was crushed and kind of humiliated by the reception. The label still supported the band and encouraged them to make their second album, but they wanted Sophomore it more slump. consumer friendly. What? Sophomore slump. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Richie still had a ton um, of ideas for songs, lyrics, and a vision for the direction of the band. This time around, 
the plan was followed, but not to the same extent. Enthusiasm. It seemed like, you know, they realized that they had to, you know, maybe try something different. Do which we, further? How old were they at that point? They were pretty young. Because um, I mean, that sounds like the explanation for. Oh, I'm going to do this big thing, and then it didn't quite work out. Well, now I'm going to just mope about it. Because they started like really taking it seriously when you know he graduated from college. So yes. he was like college age. Yeah. So early twenties. Early twenties. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that they, they finish a little sooner than we do, because don't they start college? I have no idea. Before I they're eighteen. I think I think sometime I could be completely See, wrong watched, about this and please tell me if I'm wrong, but I you know, thought that maybe sometimes they started at like I 16. I know multiple people that went to college in England. Yeah. And I don't know the answer. To that yeah. <laughs> The only thing I know about school, I learned from like Harry Potter for over there. So yeah, I know. Yeah, nothing. they got to like they. There's a certain tri wizarding tournament <laughs> was in uh, the seventh year. Yeah, that's what I know. I don't even know if that's accurate. No. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not. <laughs> That'd been close. You're fired. <laughs> so their second album, Gold Against the Soul, was released in 1993. And didn't do as well as Generation Terror. So you write sophomore strump, slump, strump. What's that? Okay. Um, it hit number eight on rock charts and did well in Japan and Germany. <laughs> Told yeah. you. Um, should tour with David Hasselhoff. <laughs> yeah, they still hadn't. No one should tour with David Hasselhoff. <laughs> Just he, he has to have had a, like an album or something, right? Oh, yeah. He has a, like that whole thing about he's big in Germany. That's actually yeah. true. They like, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like he's a he's a singer. But does he sing quotes. his own songs or does he cover? Is it like a Shatner type thing? I think it's more like a Rod Stewart type thing because I don't think Rod Stewart writes any of the songs he's ever sung. And like I know for a fact that like First Cut is the deepest. It was a Cat Stevens song, but okay. Rod Rod Stewart's more famous and um so we just forever like young is a bob dylan song yeah yeah like any pop star would like britney spears didn't yeah. write her songs yeah well yeah yeah but i'm yeah. saying i, th- I um, think i'm like not William 100% Shatner sure. was covering like the beatles as opposed to like he didn't have someone like me yeah. writing for yeah. him I'm, yeah i'm sh- I, I i i'm just i'm i'm saying i'm sure but i'm not like i'm just <laughs> yeah. making this up i'm just going based on like logic he probably did some cover songs, but I think yeah. he was like, uh, like attempting to be a pop star with like his yeah. own, not his own songs, but not mm-hmm. uh, necessarily written by him. They play one of his songs at the end of one of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I think like during the credits, probably. Yeah, I mean, he also sang the, the theme song to Baywatch. Nice. Um, I don't remember that. It's not a good song. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it it didn't need to be. Yeah, all that, all that, all the theme song to that needed to be was like just a couple bongos that would be in time (laughs) with Pamela Anderson's bouncing. That's all they needed for that. (laughs) Basically, I mean, how that show wasn't a hundred percent slow motion, I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) I'm pretty sure a lot of it might have been. It was like forty percent slow motion. Mostly running on the beach. Sorry, yes, yeah. that was my last comment. It's okay, you're fired. Okay, Richie took this as a further blow, but also had a really hard time coping with the marriage of friend and bandmate Nikki Wire. Hmm. They kind of had made well. Is it like he wanted like unrequited love? Triangle, love yeah. Like that's the it theory, right? Like 
Cause that, cause that also could explain a lot of his other issues. If maybe in that time, especially like England, I don't think necessarily it was super progressive as far as homosexuality is concerned. Yeah. So it could have been like, I didn't really get the impression from the stuff that I read that he, you know, was in love with his bandmate, although it was mentioned in this book that I read that his sister maybe thought he was, but it seemed more like he knew that their friendship and like their relationship in the band would change forever now that he had these commitments that he didn't have before. And they kind of had this thing going before that where they weren't going to write any love songs. They weren't going to like put relationships first. If they had any, they were going to like kind of not be in relationships. And then he broke their, they're all like, they're Uh, packed by getting serious, you know, settling down. Then it's, you know, once people get married, sometimes they have kids and they probably saw that that, you know, wasn't a possibility. That's the way that I kind of took it. Cause Richie had this girl that he was kind of seeing at the time named Joe and they had a really good relationship. He had a lot of trust and jealousy issues with people. And like, he didn't want any other guys to talk to her, like even his friends. He was real funny about that. So I, d- I don't know. It's hard to say when, well, yeah, it's impossible to say. Yeah. We're just going to speculate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Well, touring the band's manager, Philip Hall, died from lung cancer, which devastated the group. That Christmas, Richie really struggled with his declining mental health. He started to view himself as replaceable within the band and even struggled to find, you know, other possible paths for himself. He didn't really have anything else that he wanted to do or that he thought he could do. He started drinking and using drugs more seriously. In the past, it was just sort of a casual thing. And they even the band even, you know, kind of talked about how that wasn't their thing, like the drugs and rock and roll and all the stuff that came along with it. They, you know, were really just viewing it as kind of like a job, a way to make some money. And they didn't want like the typical rock star fame that, you know, most people, that's why they want to get into it. He moved to a questionable neighborhood around the time. Um, There's a lot of like drug dealers on the street and like prostitution and and stuff like that. And he was even forcibly taken by drug dealers for several hours. They were driving around and they didn't they didn't hurt him or necessarily kidnap him, but they didn't really let him go and he was too scared to do much about it. But it seemed like they were like, oh, this famous guy or semi-famous guy that we know that buys drugs from us, he we're gonna like take him around and like show off to our friends. But he said that he was yeah. really scared by the experience huh. and shaken. And this wasn't too long before. Yeah, I kind of get that. Like, I've been near shady people often in my life. And I get, like, you get yourself into a situation and you don't know how to get out of it. And then yeah. it's like you kind of allow yourself to be sort of kidnapped. <laughs> yeah. But you quasi like, So it's like, it's like, yeah, if you tried to press charges, they'd have been like, you could have left anytime right. you wanted. But you're kind of scared because you, like... I, what drugs did they deal? You know, was it yeah. like, was it weed or was it meth? Yeah. You know, like that, Yeah, the answer to that question changes a lot about the situation. So like, I get that. I've been kidnapped too once Yeah, by someone, a drunk person wanted to give me a ride home. He wasn't driving his, yeah. his girlfriend or wife. I don't know if they were married yet was driving 
but he just kept coming up to me because I used to walk home from this bar near where I used to live. And he was just like, you got, you, you let us give you a ride home. I'm like, dude, I'm fine. I like walking, which was true. I actually genuinely did like my walk home. I don't yeah. know why. And he just was insistent and he was like hammered and falling on me. <laughs> and his, we'll just say wife, just looks at me and goes, will you please just let us drive home? He Drive you home. He's not <laughs> going to stop. Jay. Just get in the car. Yeah. And so then he kidnapped. pointed out that he that they kidnapped me. He goes, we, we kind of kidnapped you, didn't we? I go, I've been kidnapped before. They always give me back. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything. So where did they take you? My house. They took oh, me to okay. my house. And then he was astounded that I was going to walk. And I'm like, you're drunk. It takes me like less than 10 minutes to walk. It's yeah. not a real walk. You're just hammered, dude. <laughs> well, Turin in Thailand... A fan in Bangkok, um, a fan gifted Richie a sword and asked him to slash himself on stage. What? Done. Yeah. Well, the crazy thing is he decided to do it backstage. Of course he did. And cut himself across his chest several times. Um, When he returned home, he found out that a friend from university had killed himself. In July of 1994, he attempted suicide but called his parents after he... He cut himself while in the bathtub, and he he had finished either a whole bottle of vodka or what was left of the bottle of vodka that he had, and smoked a bunch of weed. What a strange combination. I know. I thought so, too. How? D- I don't understand how you smoke weed and then still try to kill yourself. I don't I know. I genuinely don't understand. I mean, yeah. everything affa- everybody's body chemistry is different, so everything affects everybody differently. Yeah. Um, well, he was also drinking, too. Well, right? Yeah. Depressant, yeah. That's yeah. true. And I'll bet the alcohol didn't help with the bleeding. I know. Because <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why he drank it. It could be like if I know. This is kind of messed up, but if you were trying to do that, yeah. getting drunk beforehand might actually help it speed like along. be successful. Yeah. Yeah. Probably don't do that though. No, don't. Yeah. Definitely don't. I'm not advocating anything. Yeah. <laughs> yet. Yeah, <laughs> I have to meet you first, and then I'll tell you whether or not I think you should kill you yourself. Do. <laughs> His parents admitted him to Cardiff's mental health unit, where he spent the next eight days. After the eight days, he was admitted to White Church Mental Health for a six-week program. And if you look at this this building, it looks like a castle. It's beautiful. I, oh, it probably yeah. wasn't a great experience, but. But yeah, really, really. I mean, the other place was pretty nice too, but the castle second place rehab. was, yeah. Yeah, it probably was a castle like, yeah. at one yeah. point <laughs> like, that they just turned yeah, into yeah. something else. Yeah, why would they build like, a rehab center from scratch to look like a castle? <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, I, that's cool. Actually, that's a, we should do that. Build a castle. I have always and, wanted a castle. Yeah. But it's got to have a moat, yeah. it, which if it's a rehab thing, there's actually like there's a, a reason yeah. to have that's a moat. That's true. Oh, for sure, yeah. <laughs> you ain't going nowhere. While in rehab, he still, or in treatment, not rehab, but it was kind of a rehab. He still contributed ideas and lyrics for the band's next album. They planned to call it the Holy Bible. He even practiced guitar and was visited by Eric Clapton during his stay. Because Clapton had something to do with the facility. He um, was... Oh, I thought you were going to He was such a huge fan of their first album. No, but he did... might have been. He yeah. did mention during the discussion that he was a fan of his work. So... Yeah. But yeah, he offered to 
bring guitars and practice with him, but Richie didn't want to do that. I mean, would anyone really want to play guitar with Eric Clapton? I think that would be intimidating. Especially if you weren't no, a really talented this. guitar player. <laughs> Not even a little bit. I mean, me, I, I like I would, but uh, yeah, no. I'd be like, I don't like, it'd be like, I, yeah, no. Okay. Basically, <laughs> basically no. So You're just like, oh, so one of the greatest guitar players ever wants to sit down and li- and hear me play. Nope. Sorry, yeah. dude, I'm good. Like, yeah. It's like, would you want Picasso to watch you paint? No. <laughs> Or Michelangelo to watch you sculpt? Nope. nope. Yeah. <laughs> well, are they zombies in this scenario? Because that's a double no. <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> at least. He was really disappointed with the treatment at both facilities, especially the first one. But he really wanted to get better, but he just didn't like how there there wasn't a lot of counseling for him. Or you know, he was looking for direction, and he he wasn't getting it from the people there. He was diagnosed as borderline disorder, borderline personality disorder. I don't know a ton about that. I don't I don't either. I don't quite understand it. Yeah. I've heard the term and I like don't know what it means. I know it's Maybe not it's, great for the person that yeah. suffers yeah. from it, but I other than that. Yeah. He didn't agree with the AA plan because it was religious based and he didn't want um yeah. To follow the steps. You ever meet anybody that's been in AA? Mm-hmm. The way they talk about it, it's like, I, I'm glad if it helps people, yeah. that is fantastic. But I don't think I'd be able to do AA either because yeah. I would have the same reaction because I'd be like, you're replacing one thing with another kind yeah. of deal. Like, At least it's a more positive. True. It could be. It is, could a, more, be. It is a more positive thing and it yeah, works if you're for struggling with lots and lots of people. And if it does work for you, fantastic. But I get his point of view on that one because yeah. I have a family member that I've only talked to a couple times about it and every time they start talking I'm like I can't listen to this <laughs> like yeah. I'm so I'm glad it glad you're not drinking anymore but yeah. I don't want to <laughs> hear this <laughs> the strange thing is he also wasn't completely an addict he did these things but he didn't rely on them he you know could go weeks without drinking or doing any drugs before he went into treatment. So it was kind of... That also could be why he wasn't satisfied with the treatment because they didn't know what to do with him. Because I was thinking... The other thing I was thinking was, again, this is like the 90s and there's been a lot of attitude changes towards that type of thing. Yeah. So it's not like, like... I mean, it probably wasn't quite like how James Taylor was in rehab in the sixties and he was in a mental institution because back then drug rehab and mental institutions were the same thing. Yeah. Like it wasn't that bad, but like this is still 30 some years ago or whatever. I don't do math. Um, (laughs) They lied. They said, I won't have a calculator all the time. It's complete bullshit. I have a calculator on me 24 seven. Yeah. I was lied to, but yeah, it could. It, that could be the other thing. It could be like, hey, they don't. They didn't really know what they were doing. Yeah, and also, he wasn't really an addict, so they may not have even really been like, what? Do we, why are you even here? Like, yeah, like, yeah, like he walks into Castle Rehab and he takes like a piss <laughs> test, and they're like, dude, you're clean. And like, <laughs> yeah. the doors that way. <laughs> yeah, like, what's going on here? <laughs> he had spent the eight days prior in that other facility, so he was completely clean. By the time he got there. Yeah, it was really strange. He was really lost and struggling and um, when he got out of the hospital. And he 
unfortunately went straight back to touring with the band. They'd already started playing some shows without him. And he, you know, just jumped right back into it and he wasn't ready. He barely spoke to others. Sometimes when he did, he was volatile and fought with them in ways that he never did before. He was painfully thin and started cutting himself right away. The band was opening for Suede and they even cut the tour short after they found Richie beating his head up against a brick wall. Upon returning home, the band met again to record, which actually went well. And he gave each of them a gift. It was just like a small gift. like It was like candy bars and like a magazine to somebody and little things. Um, and they thought that it was possibly, you know, as a, like an apology because of his behavior and just how things had gone. But now they're, you know, they kind of wonder if it was like a goodbye gift because he knew that he was, you know, planning to leave or kill himself soon after. Yeah. Leading up to the disappearance, you know, there was the disappointment from the second album. He went to the two treatment centers and was really disappointed. Joe, unfortunately, ended their relationship he wanted to keep it going and she broke things off. Unfortunately, he wanted to kind of take things more serious, seriously. Yeah, but I mean, again, we're talking about like 20 some year, like early yeah. 20s. And she was younger than he was. Oh, gee, even. Yeah. yeah, that's not a surprise. Like if she, if, if she had stayed with him, that's like a red flag. Like, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. You can't help him. I know. The professionals couldn't help this poor guy. Yeah. Like, Probably it sounds like he didn't know what he was looking for. Yeah. And then every time he tried something and it didn't work, it just made everything worse. Yeah. Which That's sucks. That's exactly what. But. Yeah. He had the friend that had committed suicide. And then unfortunately his dog died, his childhood dog. Uh, and Richie, like really, really, really just he was so happy about his childhood. He didn't even really, he kind of had the whole like Peter Pan syndrome where he didn't really want to grow up and didn't want to move on from that like young adolescent stage. And I think that was part of his struggle as well. He even mentioned in an interview not too long before he disappeared about how like depressing it is getting older because. Yeah. He's like 25. So, yeah. So terrible. Oh <laughs> I know. But he was talking about how like you give up on your dreams and I, I, I don't remember so exactly what he. Yeah. Like, oh, like I have to work and. And You're kind of crushed. And yeah. yeah the things that I like to do, I don't terrible. have time for. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it, I do not understand why we inflict it upon ourselves. Mm. <laughs> he had, you know, like I mentioned before, had been cutting and his anorexia was, you know, definitely there again. Um, he didn't want to go on a trip that he and James Dean Bradfield had planned. It was a promotional tour for the U.S., I think that it was just those two going. That's what it kind of sounded like. From um, I, w I read a book called Withdrawn Traces, but sometimes mm. online there's stories that says like the whole band was going, and I don't know for sure. Mm. But he mentioned to his mom that he didn't want to go on the tour, and he was actually dreading it. But he and well, I'll get to this. So um, Wednesday, February first, nineteen ninety five. That's the day that you know he actually disappeared. He was last seen leaving the embassy hotel at 7 a.m. Richie and James were staying at the embassy and the night before they listened to new demos they'd recorded and at the house in the woods studio. And then they had plans to go to like a couple local restaurants or shops around the area and Richie canceled on him. 
he, you know, decided at the last minute he didn't want to go, phoned his mom, and then he said he, he decided to stay in and have a quiet evening to himself, but then he had a guest named Vivian who was maybe a fan, doesn't seem like anybody really knows for sure, has been able to track down this woman since. But they have no idea if she like spent the night with him, if they left together, if you know she took him someplace. They, they really don't know much about this visit other than it happened. How do, they, how do we know what happened? I forget. Okay. Um, Are they sure it's even a woman? Like, how do they know that? Because in England, Vivian could is... Be could be a man. Could yeah. be a man. It, I believe it was a woman, but... I mean, anywhere Vivian could be a man, but I'm, I'm thinking of Viv Stanchel, who yeah. is from right, um, right. Bonzo Dog, who his dad... If I, I don't know if this is true, but my old roommate was a huge fan, and he claims that... <clears throat> His dad's name was Vivian, and he hated it because it was like a girl's name. So yeah. he named his son, was it Victor? And then I, th- I think it still began with a V. I don't remember what, it, but it was a male name. And then he went and changed his name to Vivian. <laughs> yeah. Because like, that, that guy was a crazy person. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay, so the next morning, James waited down in the lobby where they'd planned to meet, but there were, um, J- Richie never showed. There was no answer at Richie's door. He had the hotel let him into his room. I mean, especially with his past, you'd have to be worried that maybe something happened to him. And he, he wasn't there. There was a full bath, a gift box containing videos, books, photos, and a note that said, I love you, and it was for Joe. The contents of the box we'll talk about, you know, here in a few minutes because it, it does. It's important, but it's it's one of those when you're. I kind of wonder if, like, you're looking for a conspiracy, you might find signs of a conspiracy. But oh, if, well, like, yeah. otherwise, That's maybe it's just stuff that he was into. <laughs> yeah, it? no, I know, but I. So it wasn't Gwyneth I Paltrow's wasn't, head. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I wasn't as intrigued by the contents of the box as some people have been. I think the bath is interesting because he may have ran that bath maybe to kill himself. Maybe. I mean, that's, that's a common way. the way he did it before. Well, because didn't he already do that once? Yeah, he tried. Yeah. yeah. So maybe. Well, yeah, obviously he didn't kill himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did well, he? I don't know. I don't know what kind of technology they had. They replaced yeah. him just when like they replaced the Paul McCartney. Lightning storm. Oh, Jesus. Let's go down that rabbit hole. No. Let's <laughs> never go down that. There's a whole movie you can watch. <laughs> There's this four-hour video <laughs> I, on YouTube that you can watch, like, all about... Paul McCartney and oh, sure being replaced by somebody channels else. Channels and channels. There was yeah. there used to be a movie to on Netflix, oh, and I cannot believe that Netflix like they must not have known what it. They can't possibly view all the movies they get licenses for. It's yeah. probably they got something from a studio and they just threw it up. But it was supposedly George Harrison's secret tapes, and you could hear like they played them, and it sounds like a dude doing a really bad George and Harrison impression. Yeah. <laughs> and it's all about how Paul was replaced. And it, I'm like, I can't believe this is on Netflix because this <laughs> is clearly bullshit. Like, yeah. <laughs> we called him Paul. We, they, the, the, my favorite thing is this is exactly what this guy sounded like, too. Yeah. <laughs> we called him Full for False Pole. That's how yeah. bad his impression is. That exact, was pretty good. It wasn't. <laughs> 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 it wasn't. Were you part of that movie? <laughs> I, I'm pleading the fifth. <laughs> the fifth Beatle. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> they found a couple receipts in the hotel room as well. One from the Surrey printers. 
that he'd been to the day before, possibly for, you know, items in the box. Staff at Hall or Nothing, which Philip Hall was his manager. That's a great name. Yeah, I thought so too. (laughs) (laughs) They started calling contacts from Richie's address book. His dad took out an ad in the Daily Mail asking for Richie to contact his family and went to Red Dragon Radio to make the same appeal. James traveled to the U.S., as planned, um, Nikki called hotels and hospitals to see if Ricky had, Ricky, Richie had checked in. <laughs> Police appealed to the public for information. His car was found on February 17th. There was a ticket. The attendant had noticed it three days prior. So it had been there for a couple of days. It appeared that someone had been staying in the car. The battery was dead. Inside, they found empty wine bottle, trash everywhere. Richie's meds, photos cassettes, bank statements. In the the tape deck was a Sex Pistols tape. The police had Richie's dad tow the car. They didn't view it as a crime scene or even really investigate anything to do with the car. Hmm. Um, Smart. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think that they... It's tough that's with some of these cases. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, but that's still they should like treat every crime really like bad. That's really police bad work, police bad. work. Just yeah. automatically assuming a thing. That's not how you solve anything. Right, and then like <laughs> having his dad come pick it up. Like, yeah. Oh. So in case there was Scotland anything, Yard, I am disappointed. Yeah. It seems like the police handled this or mishandled this. You know, the whole time too. Unfortunately, his family was very frustrated. I mean, how many with, times have we said that? On, I know. On this podcast. That's right. The police. Didn't do that. Yeah, because anytime drugs are involved, especially further back in the past, a lot of police just don't give a shit. They just yeah. like, they have this view of people who do drugs as being like dirty, like whatever. Oh, they got what was coming yeah. to them or some shit like that. It's like, dude, just because I don't have a buzz cut doesn't mean I'm not a person. That, yeah. unfortunately, <laughs> when you mentioned that someone has had problems with mental, their mental health, yeah. they, you know. That too. They just write shit off like. They do. Do you know how easy it would be to murder someone who has mental health problems and make it look like a suicide? Kurt Cobain. <clears throat> yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, they didn't even do a good job at that. I know. Uh, yeah, but they got it. The police, again, were just like, well, yeah. the depression, yeah, killed himself. Il, Il Duce, or El Duce. What's that guy's name? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I love that guy. He died by misadventure. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about him in our Kurt Cobain episode. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> He's, the footage of him in that documentary, yeah, just <laughs> or, uh, when he when he says like he goes, well, Alan, I mean, well, I'll let the FBI catch him. Yeah. <laughs> he just like <laughs> says a guy's name. <laughs> like, I didn't think he was serious. <laughs> Sorry. Oh no, you're fine. Um, so in the car, also they found bank, bank statements showing Catholic. Cash, I can't talk, I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, Cash withdraws in $200 increments. He had bought a pair of pajamas, the gifts for the band, and, you know, whatever he spent at the printers. But it added up to close to $3,000 altogether that he had, you know, taken out leading up to his disappearance. Maybe there was a limit of 200 pounds per day. There was. Obviously. And he was just maxing it out every day. I mean, it could have been drugs, could have been... Mm Mm-hmm. That's not, so many it's things. not that much money. You could just blow that at the bar pretty easily. It's definitely more money back yeah, in 1995. Back, back then, but like not enough more that like it's like, oh, you could live it's for three yet. months on that. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, maybe you could have a thousand bucks, a thousand pounds a month. 
there are definitely places you could live for that much, but yeah. At his flat, they found his passport change and a receipt for the Severn Bridge toll. So they found his car near the Severn Bridge. And it's funny that they found, well, odd, I guess, that they found the passport and the receipt from that time at his house. So it's, you know, obviously he came back. He went back or somebody went back to his house. That's a good point. Yeah. Three weeks later, the police showed up at his parents' house and searched the property and the surrounding area, like the grounds. Around that time, sightings started flooding in. Yeah, of course. Yeah, a friend of a friend who had seen photos of Richie, he didn't know him, spotted him near a bus stop at, it was, this was on February 5th, at a news agent shop near a silver car, which he he actually did have a silver car. When he approached the man that he, he thought was Richie, he mentioned their friend in common, and Richie then asked how she was doing. But I feel like if somebody approached me and thought I was someone else, there's a good chance that I might say that. Like, I might do something like that rather than tell them I'm not that person. It kind of just depends on what I think is like. It depends on how often it happens to you. That's true. Because it um, happens to me. It hasn't happened in a while, but it used to happen to me like twice a month. Someone would be like, oh, hey. And they're positive I'm whoever they think I am. (laughs) And I'm not. (laughs) And I'm just like, nope. (laughs) <laughs> so do you never run along with it? Oh no, I know. Yeah. Um, um, if they're really, if it's at a bar and they're really drunk, I might go along with it because I don't know. I might not know how like they might react to me because yeah. I'm not usually nice about it. Yeah. I'm not like necessarily mean, <laughs> just but I'm just kind of like, not nope, me, dude. not me. Yeah. A lot of times I'd be like, there's some other really handsome man walking around and that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you know, the, the guy eventually took off. So he didn't have a long conversation with the, you know, possibly Richie. On February 7th, a taxi driver picked up a man from King's Hotel that fit Richie's description, except Richie had shaved his head right before his disappearance. And this guy had shoulder length hair. So they're thinking that if it was him, he was wearing a wig, which I, I don't think that this is real. Like this isn't, I mean, it's not impossible, but it seems, uh, it doesn't seem in line with the other odd behavior. Yeah. They said that he was talking with a fake Cockney accent and was acting strange. He wanted to lie down. And they said that his Welsh accent actually like came through a few times. So that's why they thought that maybe it was him. He's wearing headphones and carrying a Walkman. The passenger said that he was looking for his boss who had broken down. And they drove to the Blackwood bus station, which wasn't the right place where, you know, he was supposed to be. So they went to Pontypool Railway Station, and he went in to make a call. I guess there that wasn't really an option to make a, there wasn't a phone in there. And then he went to the, the Aus services on the English side of the Severn Bridge which is, you know, the place that they think that maybe he committed suicide, which is also, I didn't mention before, it was a popular bridge for people to yeah, commit suicide. people had done it there on. before, yeah. so. <laughs> that reminds me of a movie. Oh. <laughs> he said, you know, he also asked the driver to kind of stay off the main roads and asked to take the scenic route, and he, you know, was dropped off at the cafe area and the services station. He only paid $60 of the $68 fare, 
and asked for a receipt. The driver phoned the police after seeing the story about Richie in the paper. And, you know, like I said, I don't really take this one very seriously because of the hair. And it just, I don't know, it didn't really make sense to me. Maybe it was. In 1996, a musician from Swansea, Wales, and I'm probably saying that wrong, so sorry, named Vivian. That's kind of funny. <laughs> um, Morris thought he spotted Richie in India dressed like a hippie. The man went by the name Rick, and he had been there for about 18 months, which kind of fit the timeline. He didn't speak to the man himself and didn't even really get that close. He later regretted coming forward because he wasn't 100% sure that it was him. But they thought that maybe he had you know, left to start a new life. There was also rumors that he went to Israel because that first rehab that he was in, he had made a friend. Um, a woman from Israel, and they thought maybe you know he went there. He actually made a, a friend at the the second rehab as well, a journalist named Rose, that Rose Dunn. That actually, she was interviewed a lot because I mean she spent the six weeks pretty much before he you know close to around right, the time like, he what disappeared. Was his demeanor, what yeah, was he yeah. But they you know had reached out to her for leads. Interesting how all of the friends he's making are women. I know. In 1998, a bar made in Coralejo, I don't know how to say this, it's Fuerteventura, saw Richie at an underground bar, or at the underground bar. After being approached by the, after being approached, the man ran to the door and left. I guess investigators did go there, but they didn't really find anything. He was spotted by a family friend in Lanzarote, and that was near Fuerteventura, which is in this this um, the Canary Islands in Spain. Yeah. I don't know if I mentioned that. Okay, I mean yeah. all this stuff is completely um, unsubstantiated. I know and pe- people know he's missing, so they're kind of in their head. They're looking for him. Yeah, like none oh, of this, this is fact. He's like, like he's in Israel. He's got a wig on. He's like right. I didn't take any I of these seriously. I saw him with Elvis and Bigfoot. Yeah, basically. Yeah, they were square dancing. Yeah, and he was seen on a... weird, because there were only three of them. That's a fucking triangle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and at that sighting... Oh, okay, and then there was another one in 2004, the same area, and the man said the guy had a bunch of, like, rags and bracelets covering his arms, but he could still see, like, big scars underneath, yeah. and, you know, Richie was a cutter and thought that maybe that was him. And that's really all... You can get, in, there's a, that book that I mentioned, Withdrawn Traces. It kind of goes through all of these and it, it, they had access to his diaries and some of his lyrics and letters to friends. And they really try to analyze all of it to see if it was like leading up to the suicide or leading up to him leaving. And it's a really good read if you like that sort of thing. I enjoyed it. It's a, it's a long book, but it's good. It's full of a lot of stuff. But, you know, I, I don't know that it really, I didn't buy into a lot of the stuff because I think that if you're looking for these clues in, you know, anybody's past letters or journals or anything, I think you're going to find stuff that supports whatever you're trying to, whichever direction you're trying to go. So yeah. I didn't, I didn't know, like I, it didn't really change my, it didn't make anything clearer for me. And unfortunately a lot of the people that write things like that have a theory mm-hmm. that they like want, that they're trying yeah. to support. Yeah. And th- and that's not the way to do that. The way to do that is you have a theory. You should do everything you can to blow holes in your own theory. Yeah. Because if you can't, then you're probably right. But if you can easily blow holes in your theory, then you're yeah. probably wrong. Like, yeah. 
This was thorough. It does support, you know, either option, you know, either suicide or him choosing to disappear. And it even, you know, talks about other possibilities as well. You know, like maybe maybe those drug dealers decided to kill him, or maybe yeah, because the, the whole thing about he was murdered by a stranger. You, yeah, you just the, don't know. Well, I I would say he probably wasn't murdered by a stranger. Yeah, because it's usually if, not if, the case in general. If I understood sometimes what you were saying earlier correctly, which I might not have because I'm dumb, but. <laughs> um, there was evidence of him returning to yeah. his house after he had left his car where By they the found it. Yeah. So like a stranger's not gonna do that. Right. Someone Unless they knew, maybe someone who knew him and murdered him might have done that. Right. To, to try go back to, to throw like the steal scent stuff off the, or, or, or to just yeah. throw scent off the trail, be like, well, like if anybody says like, well, you were the last person to be seen with him yeah. by that bridge, and they're like, Well, there's proof that he he came back because there's because that seems because yeah, I mean, that seems planted yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. um and it might have been planted by him to throw people yeah. off the scent that's true in the box that I mentioned earlier Joe's box that he he had left for his ex girlfriend there was Camino Real with Kilroy a play by Tennessee Williams there was. Some, you know, something written by Nietzsche. Nietzsche, how do you say it? I don't know. Yeah. Because I've heard it pronounced. Yeah, Nietzsche. Uh, mo- I've yeah. heard it pronounced <laughs> more than one way. way, so I have no idea how to say it. Yeah, it had a book by a middle school age child telling Joe, you know, to write a book. Some um, testament to socialism, author unknown. Photos of the two of them. A photo of W.B. Yeats' house. The play Equus. And then... I don't know how to pronounce this. Do you know is how? it Welsh? Welsh is a super no. weird language. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was there was a book that Joe had given him before he went to Thailand. That's the one that I I can't pronounce the the author. I looked up a little bit of information about the water around the bridge because you kind of you know you think about like how do you jump? Okay, in. I'll make yes. right, what do you I'll make an attempt. Away? V- Vadim Maslenkov, 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 okay. something like that. I'm assuming they were from some Slavic nation yes. or Russia. Yeah, it's got a K O B, right? <laughs> something that used to have a sickle and hammer on their flag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it seems like the current was strong enough that a body could disappear. I mean, because that was one of my first questions. Like, okay, well, they didn't find the body. Suicide there before? Did they recover their bodies? Sometimes, a lot? sometimes they did. Sometimes, sometimes they did. Okay, so that it could have jumped in and just got swept. But away. also, like, if you're planning to disappear, mm-hmm. that it, like it seems perfect to do that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? to go like where everyone yeah. would think it you does. were doing it. And when I said it, reminded me of a movie. There's a movie called The Guard that stars Brendan Gleeson and Don Cheadle, mm-hmm. and it takes place in Northern Ireland, and a cop disappears. And they find his patrol car by a cliff that's like notorious for. Apparently, that's okay. all over England and Ireland. There's just yeah. places that it's <laughs> yeah. notorious for people to kill themselves. When did, when did that movie? I come love out? Brendan Gleeson, by the way. Ah, uh, so do like, I. It, I don't it had to be sometime. Uh, no, it, Don Cheadle. So it what was been, the movie it, that we were talking been about in the 2000s, earlier? Eddie and the Cruisers. Yes, he he had seen that, and there was a TV show that he was really into from the 1970s that had a character that. Planned a disappearance. He was really fascinated, you know, as we talked about. D.B. Cooper. Jim Morrison. He 
was found E.B. Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> he was fascinated by Salinger's kind of retreat from fame yeah. and Marlon Brando. And then he liked other conspiracy stuff too because like he really believed that John Lennon was murdered by the CIA and a bunch of other you know stuff that kind of fits into the same genre. I could see why, but So I he was interested in like conspiracy types. I could see why he would think that John Lennon was murdered by the CIA, but I think it was just a crazy person. Yeah, I do um, too. Because John Lennon, like, there was there's a there's a documentary about the, I think it's called the U.S. versus John Lennon yeah. or something like because he was like on a list that yeah. they didn't like the American government did not they like didn't like John a lot Lowe, of musicians yeah. around that time that they thought were the you know yeah. influential but yeah I I think he killed himself I don't know about you guys I don't I don't really think that he I think what he did was he committed suicide and he did it in such a way that. He made he made his body disappear, whatever that means. Like, was he yeah. also a magician? <laughs> no, okay. Because he was I really mean, close with his family. I can't imagine if he was still alive to this day, unless like he had a complete mental breakdown, right, which yeah. could have happened. That he wouldn't contact them in some way. It's sad because his you know his sister's still like actively. Yeah, but what like that. also the flip side of that is what do you say? Yeah, when you come back. Ta-da. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> not a magician, apparently. I guess like so maybe no, I was not to you know, I was figuring stuff out. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean though? Like how because yeah. so like there's maybe a it's chance been so long. there's a chance that that could actually keep him away. That's true. You know, I, I yeah, it's weird. That or maybe he, you know, since he if he did go and start over someplace else, maybe like any ties back to that, like he thought that he would regress if he, you know, was There's doing better too. and, you know, anything that reminded him of his like prior life. He also may have never stopped moving. That's true. Like he could have, maybe he, could, he really was all of these places. Yeah. Like he could, he could like for what, like the equivalent of being on the run because yeah. while well, people were looking for him, not for nefarious reasons, but yeah. you know, people were looking for him. So maybe he never stopped moving. I don't know. It seems like the, it, it seems like he. I think he just disappeared. I think he just left. Yeah. And then didn't come back because you could do that back then. You can't yeah. do that anymore. It's not a thing that's like possible in the twenty. Do you think he century. planned his disappearance, or do you think like his mental health declined and he just kind of, you know, became a transient? I think person. like both, kind of. Yeah. I think that maybe he always had a plan. Yeah. He had it for a very long time, and then his mental health deteriorated to the point where he just like no longer could see a reason why it was a terrible idea to do this. Yeah. And then that's what I'm going. But I mean with. it kind of gave him what he in a way what he was looking for cuz he Maybe. you know who know I don't think he knew what he was looking for. People are still talking about him. That's true. But not a lot. I mean, this book was just written a few years ago. This one that, you know, also, takes a deep dive like into pretty hardcore the music musicians and we don't i mean we'd heard of the band yeah never heard of the guy and they're like I'm yeah no I, I didn't know that that this was a story um yeah. i didn't either until it but was also it happened in england and wales and did they ba- they probably barely even made it over to the states while he they was weren't alive, big in the know? u.s so that's what i'm saying yeah. so he like and he also probably is still much more famous across yeah. the pond than he is here. oh for sure yeah so there, like I, I think about stuff like that sometimes, where it's just like, uh, like John Lennon was the only Beatle to move to the United States. Yeah, but like I, 
until recently just always assumed they lived like in LA or whatever. Cause that's where all American musicians they yeah. either live in LA or New York or Nashville. Yeah. Like, so like I was uh, like, but then I thought about like, no, they don't, they don't, they live in the country they came from because that's where they're from. You dumbass. Like, why would they live here? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so I know what you mean though, but like, that's my point to like why we haven't heard of him, but he yeah. still might be famous elsewhere. Yeah. Much like David Hasselhoff in Germany. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Although I have watched that man eat a hamburger on the internet, or at least try to. <laughs> Remember that? Is that the drunk that video? Weird. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I think I blocked that out. I don't know. You should have. I don't know. I'm, I, we're all now dumber because I brought it up. <laughs> the band continued to record after I think they released two albums after Richie's death. They still included some of his lyrics on their 2006 album. And they continued giving his family his percent of the royalties for quite a while afterwards. I think until he was declared dead, because his family finally, you know, had after him declared seven dead. Years, right? Yeah. Well, it was, well, it was more than that because they they put well, it off waited, at first. But legally, you can do it yeah. after seven. That's yeah. in the United States. That's I think it's like seven or eight years there. in England. It's um, probably something similar. Yeah, but uh, I thought that was really cool that the band still gave his family money because yeah, they, they definitely didn't need to but they all seemed like really you know decent guys one of the things that i in the minimal research i did for this which mm-hmm. was looking at a wikipedia page for about six minutes um <laughs> they still set up a microphone for him Aww. on stage which i think built a spill died well built a spills change a lot recently but um mm-hmm. i they had a member who died and they said they used to set up an amp yeah. on stage for him because he was a guitar player, because there's only one member in that band who isn't a guitar player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all. Josh, what do you think? You didn't really say. I mean, I think he committed suicide and he made his body disappear. Yeah. He, he had been planning that for a long time. Yeah. Um, that's what I think. Yeah, I, don't I think. Know. I don't know I'm how he did it. But I mean, people like went out to the country, took a bunch of pills, and then jumped into a hole and got eaten by wolves, squirrels, wolves. squirrels. Do they have wolves over there? They have foxes. A lot they don't of foxes. Have, I, I don't think they have wolves anymore. Uh, they might have at one point, but a lot of stuff used to be in England, but it's because it's so small and there's a, a lot what of people. What is their version of, of like them. the chupacabra? They have to have some kind of I don't of think pills. they have I one. I don't know. Um, really? Uh, I know there's a lot of really well, they like, got interesting. Net, they got Loch Ness. That's Scotland. Yeah. Are there fairies in Wales? I don't know. Maybe leprechauns. Fairies were involved. Maybe. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I don't know much about whales Me other either. than like being from the Philadelphia area. There is an area like sort of suburban Philadelphia that there's a lot of Welsh names to the towns like Bryn Mawr. Okay. And um, Bryn Athen. Well, yeah, Bryn Athen. And they're all spelled weird. Like, yeah. Yeah. like Bryn Mawr is spelled B R Y N, which makes sort of sense, but then it's. M A W R. There's probably an H in there somewhere. And then, and then Bryn Athen is like, again, there's like, they use Y's instead of I's, which, is, which makes stuff look strange. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of Conchahawken. I don't think that one is. Whenever you see actors that's, or actresses that are Indian, from Wales, it? their names usually have, yeah. you know, interesting spellings. Or like the name Llewellyn. Nope. Mm-hmm. It's like, you just. Th- 
that name looks like someone was playing Scrabble. Yeah. And they just threw some <laughs> threw some tiles down, and that's what happened. Six points. Like, I guess I am shitting on Welsh. I I don't mean Sounds to. Like it's it. just I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I yeah. just it's just, just to someone who grew up in the United States reading American English, it looks strange. Yeah. Even though it's although no, actually Welsh, they do have their own language, I believe. Mm-hmm. They do. So, they talk about it in the crown. That's yeah. how I know. Yeah. Um Bryn Mawr is the only one. There's another I can't think of the Bryn Athens one too, but there's another one that's really strange and I can't think of it. And yeah. It's gonna bother me and I'll be driving to my house and I'll go, Oh, it was that. <laughs> and that doesn't help anybody. I'm twenty percent Welsh, I found out when I had my DNA test. Yeah. Man, I found out I'm part French. I from, can see that. From my parents. Like like they did the DNA test. Yeah. I'm not right. gonna let the government get my DNA that way. Yeah. I might commit crimes later. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't have a crystal like ball. Later I don't know. It did cross my mind. I don't know. But a lot of those companies are trying to keep yeah. like the specimens or this their is samples about, secure. This, this is a podcast about but that conspiracy is how they caught, theories, so I'm going to go with. Well, that is how they caught the um, Golden State Killer. Oh, yeah. Because one of his relatives had submitted DNA to yeah, you know, exactly. one of these websites, and then they were able to find him. That's how so, they're going to catch Jay if he does it. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, they'll still be able to catch you because <laughs> yeah, your parents did it. it. Yeah, that's true. So you're yeah. already screwed. Well, there's this other thing because I'm also like a large percentage Italian and I hate Italian food. Yeah. <laughs> like with a burning head. <laughs> it's more like it hates me. Either. Like I can't eat tomato sauce. Like there's something that's in tomato sauce that makes me nauseous. And yeah. it, but it's been all my life and I've been around it a lot because my grandmother is Italian and like the smell of it just makes me sick but my sister on the other hand loves it and yeah. she's like and there actually is a thing where like you can have siblings that are more one thing oh, yeah, than the other definitely and I'm like and I have jokingly been like we should take this to see if you're actually more Italian than <laughs> she me probably, she probably is and yeah. she goes I don't want to because I will be crushed if I'm not yeah. <laughs> and I go good point yeah it is a little disappointing sometimes when you take those tasks because you're you're thinking oh, that there's going to be something interesting. My dad's you're like, my, no, I'm really white. My dad. Oh, well, we knew that. I like, I'm super pale. So Me too. <laughs> you don't really need to take one if both your parents have taken yeah. one. You kind of you should I, have a really good idea I, of yeah. what's going on. I know what's in me. Yeah. Which is something that everyone should always know what's in you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. You should always be aware of that. <laughs> It just the only thing to look for would be like the percentage of it, like you said, how yeah. like how it's how spit out my drink. No, I'm sorry, it's okay, but I'm not at all. <laughs> <laughs> it amuses me, but it doesn't work for the podcast because there's no video <laughs> yet. Easy there. There won't be video. <laughs> That's not. a lot of work. Yeah, just saying. Yeah, from someone who did it, we did one, and it was live, and it was video, and it was like. It was a lot of work. It wasn't worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To be perfectly honest. Oh, well, no, there was one thing that was worth it. Um, there was this character that I had invented that would, I don't even remember what the story was, but its name was Ziggy. And I made an effigy of him out of flash paper. Again, we're talking about magicians. Yeah. Like what, when they make a flame appear or whatever, it's a piece of paper that's soaked in chemicals that they lighten it like instantly vaporizes. Well, when you make about a six inch tall little man that kind of looks like a gingerbread man, but like folded out of paper and you throw a cigarette at that, it, 
uh, it will make a flame that reaches the ceiling. It was what I found out. Oh and my melted. Gosh. We put it in a glass bowl and it melted the tablecloth underneath it because it was plastic. Yeah, just the heat going straight. Yep, it. didn't get yeah. in trouble because I knew the owner. I was like, I didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I really didn't think that through. You weren't trying to Ramstein no, the place. I, mean, I wasn't. Who would have guessed that? Right? Yeah. I don't know. A reasonable person. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's really awkward too when you watch podcasts on video, like when they, they put you know both out, like where you can listen to the podcast yeah. and then watch the video, because it's just like people sitting there talking. Yeah. Sometimes, it, otherwise, uh, I think you know the Joe Rogan stuff that yeah. I've seen. That's not. I, that's people interesting. People want to watch. see the face that's behind what they're watching. I have, Understandable. I have a Sorry. weird. I have a very strange attitude towards that. If it's someone like, cause I, I, I used to listen to the Joe po- Rogan podcast and then he went to Spotify and I'm like, I wonder how many listeners he's going to lose because they're like me and they're like, Just I'm too not, lazy. I'm yeah. not downloading it. No. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I liked it, but not yeah, that much. But when, but when that would happen, if it was someone that I really was interested in, I would watch it yeah. on YouTube. But if it was someone that like, I'm like, don't know who they are or like, oh, yeah, I'm going to listen to it, but I don't really care that much. Then I would just listen. Yeah. Um, I like to just listen. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you want to see a video episode. It's not going to happen. Say something. Just leave nope, a comment. It's not going to happen. <laughs> prepare for disappointment. Yeah. Yes. It'll prepare you for life because it's a lot of disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I'm all about the down notes. <laughs> Yeah, so then we usually talk about something that we're either reading, watching, or listening to that's worth checking out. Jay, do you have anything you're into right now? Um, trying to think. I've been watching on HBO Max, I've, although I do believe it is a TBS show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Miracle Workers. And the fir- I guess it's an anthology, and I must have somehow missed that because the fir- I'm, I'm partway through the second season. I really enjoyed the first season and cannot believe, even though I know it's a cable network, that it even made it to tele- like network television. Yeah. Because Steve Buscemi plays God. Oh. Uh, yeah. Harry Potter is an angel. Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. And then oh, Harry Potter. Um, I don't know the name. There, there's a, a young woman in it who I've seen and stuff, but I have no idea who she is. Yeah. And and I and the idea behind it is that like Earth isn't special at all, and God's kind of a fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, how did this pass? Through? Exactly. That's why I'm like, in how did this get on top? I'm glad we that about it did. This and I was like, there's just so many shows that that's true. No that, one's monitoring yeah. everything, and they're yeah. yeah, that's a good idea. But I, I I greatly enjoyed the first season of that, and I know you can find it on HBO Max. Yeah. Um, I can't read, so <laughs> <laughs> you. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I've seen you look at words yeah. and then pretend like you were reading. <laughs> I'm really good at making things up on the spot yeah. and convincing you that I believe them. That's yeah, <laughs> that's what I was getting at. I've been watching The Great on Hulu with Nicholas Holt and Elle Fanning, and I really, really, really like it. Nicholas Holt is brilliant in it. He's so funny. Um, is that the show? Does he say huzzah a lot? Yes. Yeah. I, I say I thought it of you. all the time. I thought of you. And yeah. my sister was watching that show and she's like, where did you get that from? I'm like, I don't know, the 1840s? Like, yeah. <laughs> 1912. <laughs> and she's like, 
well, do you watch that? And I couldn't remember the name of the yeah. show until you just said it. And and I was like, and I'm like, nope, never seen it. And she's like, they say it. I'm like, All I done. just talk like, I just am a weird person that I like <laughs> to say odd things like that. That's all I got. Yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. Josh, what about you? Uh, I've been listening to this, <clears throat> it's like a country singer kind of guy. His name's Gabe Lee. And he's, he looks really Asian, but he has this crazy, he almost sounds like Bob Dylan, but country. Okay. And he's got a couple really, really good songs. So I've been listening to that. What was the name again? Gabe Lee. Like G A B E L E E. I think that's his name. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have our merch up hopefully this next week or maybe the week the following week. We're trying we have everything we just need to Yeah, we got t shirts in, they look awesome. They do. Uh, we just gotta put them up. We have some on the stickers, Etsy shop. magnets, some terrible pins. People like pins. I don't these, know. Not you don't these like these. Pins. Oh. They're, they're terrible. Yeah. Oh. But the, everything else is <laughs> You're trying legit. to sell these? No. <laughs> oh, no. We think we're just going to give them away yeah. to everybody I'd, I'd be who honest, something. Like, I'm not yeah. going to sell something I can't stand behind. No. All the other yeah. merch is great. Yeah. And it was probably my mistake for ordering the wrong type. It's, so I'm not even blaming yeah. the company. Uh, I'll blame them for you. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's their name so I can write them in an angry letter? A sticker mule. Sticker Mule? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't write an angry letter to name that great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can and I will. It's but. funny, too. When you order over like a certain dollar amount, they give you a bottle of hot sauce randomly. The, huh. Completely yeah. random, but Very is it random. like their own hot sauce? It is. Okay. So they're trying to sell you hot sauce. They're hoping I don't that, know if they sell it. I, I think yeah, that I they might they just give it, it when you honest. buy they, stickers they're or They're basically, it's a sticker, pins. like, merch place, but mm-hmm. I don't know. They sell other... Stuff to you, like you can even get like packing tape and all kinds huh. of stuff like that. That's very odd. Yeah. <laughs> Here's some hot sauce. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a good. You know what though? It might just you be because it. you. Re- yeah, you're talking you about it right now, like, dude. That's I ordered true. something and they. What's the place called? Sticker Mule. Yeah. yeah, they gave me hot sauce. Yeah. Why? I don't know. <laughs> they also give you coasters and stickers, like a, of a mule. All right, that one that makes, makes a little sense, bit more yeah. sense. Yeah. Just like, here's some hot sauce. <laughs> and a coaster. <laughs> it kicks like a mule, I guess, is what we're getting at. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mentioned a movie earlier, The Guard. Mm-hmm. What reminded me of that is Brendan Gleeson is a cop in Northern Ireland, and they discover a cop car, and the cop has disappeared. And the, cop, yeah. and the car is... Um, by a cliff that's notorious for people throwing themselves off to yeah. commit suicide. And Brandon Gleason goes to the guy's widow, who's like, it's some weird, like she's from another country and it's like a green card marriage type deal. Yeah. And she, she says like, she goes, I do not think he killed himself. And Brandon Gleason's like, I don't either. I don't think he was smart enough. Oh. <laughs> 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 To commit suicide. And I'm like, that's brilliant. He's not smart enough to commit suicide. <laughs> I think that movie was... Re- Does anybody know who Martin McDonough is? Uh, uh, he know. wrote and directed In Bruges. Oh, and yeah. Seven Psychopaths. This movie was written and directed by his brother. Okay. And it's not as good. I'm not going to... Yeah, I, I enjoyed the movie, but it's not as good as his... So it's like, it's like man... You got a chip on your shoulder. You got to do a little better than this. Yeah. Because yeah. you're standing in a real long, tall shadow. Yep. 
Oh, the the three billboards outside, oh, and that's the yeah. other one I couldn't think of. That's Martin McDonough. That I, one's good. I'm weirdly in love with that man, and I don't know because I love every movie he's made. Yeah. So did he, he? Who was the person that did the movies with Colin Farrell, like The Lobster and I don't that weird know. stuff? Okay, that, I believe so he did we some like that. interesting it was movies. It was because they also did that. Was that Killing of a Sacred Deer? I think they did that one too. I don't remember that. Yeah, one. that's someone different. Yeah, in Bruges, it's actually changed my mind about Colin Farrell. Like I, did, I used same to, here. I used to dislike him because he was too. always in like SWAT or like doing a terrible villain in really yeah. Daredevil. And I was younger and didn't understand that. Like, hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. Like Heath Ledger was in Ten Things I Hate About yeah. You. you. know, right. so a Knight's Tale. And Colin yeah. Farrell was like hey, heavily I like sold. I like the Knight's Tale, but it's just you know. <laughs> but he was like heavily role. sold as like a heartthrob before it's, he was yeah, even famous. Exactly. Like before you saw him deliver, yeah. He was, and then in In Bruges, he plays the dude who does and says the wrong thing at every given it's moment. Such it's, a good movie. It's such good a, soundtrack too. Um, what do you call it? Like. It's like the opposite casting of like what he normally would do. And, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, he's actually a pretty good actor. Yeah. And, then and being, I love him and Brendan Gleeson together well, in that. Yes. I Brendan love Gleeson's him. my pretend father in law. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Brendan, I'll allow it. The scene <laughs> where they're on, where they're doing coke in the bathroom <laughs> and then they keep coming out. <laughs> like taking turns the the like faces that they're making yeah it's like oh it's so accurate Didn't he punch <laughs> somebody like right after that there i i haven't seen the movie in a while and i get it, i get parts confused it does involve the american dwarf yes yeah like I it's think that's when they he punches. meet him. it's when they meet him oh he karate chop him that's he, right he, or judo chop i forget what he says yeah no, it's karate, karate chop cuz judo chop is from austin powers i'm yeah. just being like judo racist chop. against or prejudice against people from the British Isles. But yeah. you're like, yeah, it was, it was judo chop. No, that was Canadian <laughs> pretending to be English. <laughs> that's all I got. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think, think we covered it. everything, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Thanks for listening. Okay, bye. We'll see you next time. <laughs>